0: Welcome to the Circle for Self-Healing Podcast, Spiritual Nourishment for the Sensitive and Intuitive Soul. Tune in to the Circle for Self-Healing Podcast for heart-centered meditation, energetic tools for self-healing, and practical spiritual advice. Hosted by Cecilia Kinsey, a gifted and compassionate intuitive healer and meditation teacher who is passionately dedicated to helping sensitive and intuitive people tap into their soul power to live strong, balanced, and purposeful lives. For more information about Cecilia's individual sessions, classes, and guided meditations, go to circleforselfhealing.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Circle for Self Healing podcast. Today's episode is about the power of letting go. I have with me here today a very special guest, my friend Chris.
1: Hi. Yeah, my name is Chris and been a friend of Cecilia's for about three years. We love to have conversations like this, and we hope you enjoy it.
0: I'm really happy to have you here today, Chris. This topic that we are going to be talking about today, it's a pretty big topic, isn't it?
1: Well, it's pretty huge in my life right now. I I suppose it has been for almost five years. It's a continual process for me. But... There's a joy in it as well. So I like it. I like the process of letting go.
0: Yeah, I remember when I first mentioned that this was going to be the topic, you said, oh, that sounds scary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is a little scary because when you let go of something, it was filling something in your life, right? It was there for a reason, or at least you thought it was. And when you let it go, it's almost like there's a, Maybe a little emptiness for a moment. And that's, that can be a little scary. So it's always good to, to kind of make, let it be a process. Not to let go of everything at once, but as you're ready. Almost like a statement, I think I'm ready to let this go.
0: That's a good point because I think uh, it's almost impossible to let go unless you feel ready.
1: Yeah, it's it's almost like a um, something you can just tell, or somebody's even told you. Most likely, you can just tell that's not serving me anymore. It's something it just keeps getting in the way of me being my authentic self. It's like I begin to recognize something as as programming, as something that. Somebody else convinced me or told me that this is the way it had to be. This is what I needed to do. This is what it, I needed to accumulate. And I realized, you know, none of this reflects who I am now. Maybe I should let it go.
0: I like that. So maybe at one point it it served you and, and fulfilled everything that you needed, but, but as you grew... It just didn't seem to maybe grow with you or or fit you anymore or really express uh... who you are, right, in this moment. And I know we're kind of talking very much out in the ether here, (laughs) so maybe we can give our audience some practical, maybe experiences in our own lives. That may be a a really good place to start where um, we were kind of faced with, the decision of of letting go, and perhaps you know an experience where, what, whatever I, experience you want to share, I, I won't <laughs> restrict it too much.
1: <laughs> All the way back in high school, I uh, I was raised liberal and conservative type parents who uh, they gave me a lot of free reign. As far, as far as making up my own mind on things. But there were a few things that I do believe helped condition me to act a certain way. And one of them was being sent off to military school uh, in 7th grade. So 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th grade, I went to military school. And uh, my father felt that I was too sensitive. Too much of a mama's boy, as he put it. And I am rather sensitive, and I actually enjoy being sensitive. But I was led to believe that was not a good thing, and I was sent to military school to toughen myself up. I mean, it was one of those places where you stay there all week, and uh, it was quite a change from church school. I used to attend a church school. So over the years, I've had to recultivate that sensitivity in myself after being having it almost beaten out of me so i had to let go of all that programming i had to let go of my father's words i had to let go of the need to express myself in a way that was pleasing to him and now learn to express myself or to re-express myself as who i really am and to allow myself to be sensitive and caring and compassionate does that sound like what we're talking about Cecilia?
0: Well, it sounds like you had to let go. Can you maybe explain how were you able to let, to let that go? Cause that's, so, I mean, that sounds pretty heavy and definitely painful, I can imagine.
1: It was. It was, it was rather heavy. It was, uh, I had absorbed or accepted my father's opinion of me as who I was. And Over the years, I was able to realize that being the sensitive person I was, and by sensitive, I mean intuitive and empathetic and compassionate, that that was okay. But it was a series of releases of a fear that if I allowed this sensitive side to come out, I would be judged by other males as being a mama's boy or less than masculine. And so it almost took probably 15 years incrementally to release that. And I only was able to release it as my true self began to emerge. Uh, so it was almost like as I understood my, uh, again, my sensitive nature, I was able to say to that programming and to my father, you know, father, and I didn't say it to him in person, I did this after he had passed on, uh, you know, I love you and I, I thank you for getting me where I am and, you know, I forgive you and I release you. And that's, re- that's releasing his opinion of me his voice in my head, and it took a series of time times of doing this many times to actually feel that emotion, the emotional and sensation response leave my system. It's almost like either it integrated and it lost its emotional charge or it actually uh, was released into the uh, ethers, as you call it. So it was a process like that of letting go. That former definition of myself implanted by my father, and there were many others by my mother and father and teachers that over a period of time no longer served me in my relationships with others, and I had to identify it and let it go. Does that make sense?
0: That does make sense. It's like first you had to identify that it wasn't yours, or it didn't feel natural to you, that it was someone else's, in this case your father's, perhaps expectation or judgment of you. And it it sounds like you got to a point where that just didn't feel good anymore, it didn't feel right anymore. You had this yearning to kind of express and explore your true nature.
1: That's right. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it.
0: And then it sounds like the next step was to release your father's influence on you. And I think you explained it as, you know, the thoughts in your head that I'm sure influenced how you thought about yourself, even though they weren't your thoughts originally, they were your father's. And to release that, it sounds like with forgiveness. Yes. And, yeah, and and the intention to release and the intention to forgive, but... It sounds like it didn't happen overnight. You said it was, you know, a a process, a very long process of releasing, forgiving and letting go and I think with some of these deep-seated childhood uh, experiences, it does take more than just <laughs> one time. <laughs> Although I, you know, I'm sure it could, you know, with God's grace, but I think that's a great point that for, the way I like to explain it is layers. You know, layers. Mm. You, you let go of one layer and then, and then you're ready to let go of another one and another one and another one. Yeah. So it was a very beautiful process that, that you explained and I think that our listeners will really be able to relate to a lot of it and, um, hopefully they can experience something similar in their lives as well and I just wanted to ask you when did you have the realization that you were carrying your father's judgment of you or your father's Mm -hmm. expectations and that you needed to release that like when did you realize that it was time to let go
1: to the best of my recollection it was I think the first moment that I realized that I had a a deeper side to myself was while working as a paramedic and a a fellow paramedic told me, he says, you know, Chris, this is a pretty tough job and we deal with a lot of pain. I said, yeah, it says it's very important for you to grieve the losses or the situations after you're done. So I got, so I got pretty good at being present in the moment and doing what I needed to do, but then grieving the situation later, feeling the loss of the child or mourning the loss of the the person in, in the car accident or the situation that somebody was living under. And I think at that, that's the point that I began to wake up a little bit. I began to realize that some emotions cannot be just ignored and once i started feeling those situations and allowing myself to grieve all that had that had been suppressed started coming back up and several events i guess over the years allowed me to become more and more aware of how deep compassion empathy and those, and the emotions that they're based on really, really run. They're just, they're very deep. They're, they come from the core of your being, especially compassion. I lo- I love your word layers. I mean, once you allow yourself to pull back a layer, become vulnerable, then more is, more is revealed. It's like, oh, I was suppressing this emotion because My father had convinced me that it was not manly to to express in that way. And once I knew why, and then saw the avenue out or through the situation, then it just took a little crack and things started coming up.
0: It's so interesting that the universe handed you or presented you a job in which you had to feel your emotions in order to actually do your job well. Because I imagine if you're not letting go of these emotions of grief that come up as a paramedic, that it would actually hamper your ability to, to really be present with your job. It's interesting how that happened, and that seemed like that was the catalyst for you to really start exploring uh, your emotions.
1: I agree. I agree. agree. That was the catalyst. Then the universe had a tendency to, every once in a while, present me with either an individual or a book or an experience that would further catalyze that release. So it's so interesting. I'm just realizing this kind of as you... As it reflects to my life because it's so interesting how gentle, number one, the universe is, allowing me to adjust to a new layer and then providing the gentle push or the experience that moves me into a deeper layer. I can, I recall an experience, uh, probably about five years later, maybe six, between relationships and had pretty much told the universe, told the source, told the Father that I was free and willing to, you know, do anything He needed if, if I was could be useful. And I was taken on a, a guided a trip down to Puerto Rico and over to Vieques Island, where I met several people uh, that enlightened me and on, on certain. Topics, I guess, uh, Reiki and, uh, other kind of spiritual experiences. And that was like the next level of really going deeper into intuition and to trusting that when I do let go, more and richer and deeper experiences are possible.
0: Yeah. That, that's a great point because if, if you cut yourself off from your emotions because you don't want to feel I guess what we would call the the negative emotions it also cuts you off from fully embracing life and feeling joy and happiness and connection and intimacy so it really is important to embrace I guess all spectrums of or all colors I should say of the emotional spectrum It's interesting. I like where this is going because letting go doesn't necessarily always mean that it's a physical object that you're letting go, but it can mean that. And I know there's been times in our life that we've given away objects or lost objects, you know, or fire or or in the process of moving or, or something like that. I mean, that's also a type of letting go, but at the heart of, I think, any letting go really is letting go of the emotion or the emotional charge behind it. Through your life experience and through this beautiful story that you sh- that you shared, I think we really are getting to the heart of letting go, which would be letting go of what should we call them emotions or perhaps burdens or.
1: Well, let's talk about that a little bit. What what are we actually letting go of? And that's, I think, we have to almost look at how these different things that now require letting go were created in the first place. And usually, in my experience, at least it was having to respond from a place of limited experience to somebody with greater experience, such as my father or my mother or a teacher or an older student at a school. And so we're almost demanded to create some sort of let's call it an identity or let's call it a uh, a wall to protect ourselves because we've been exposed to something greater than our ability to handle. And that's kind of how what I feel the impetus is in my experience is when confronted with a situation that is beyond our understanding we first off probably feel fear and that may be the primary emotion we have to get rid of and then we create some sort of buffer or some sort of wall that we can call an identity or and along with that identity could be an emotional charge or of fear or inadequacy or being thought of as different being thought of as inferior and that becomes an identity as well as an emotion and that's what we go through the process of letting go as life exposes that to us over and over again that these are the feelings we're carrying from childhood and at some point we let them go
0: yeah i think you hit the the nail right on the head it's we're letting go of a false identity and our attachment to a false identity that we created somewhere along the line. And I think behind or underneath the false identity is an emotional charge. And in the process of releasing the attachment, I think the emotional charge is released as well.
1: You know, Cecilia, you mentioned also physical objects. And I just wonder if those are also a buffer. You know, we get we buy certain clothes, we have a certain hairstyle, we drive a certain car in order to project a certain image, in most cases, if we're leading with our ego or with our identity that we've been convinced as who we are, if it is indeed false. Now some people are maybe are able to get through their whole childhood and into adulthood as exactly who they are without having to create those walls and that would be awesome but i can i know that in the past i've had you know pickup trucks and different things that reflect an idea of who i wanted to project as my buffer zone against being vulnerable to somebody knowing my sensitive side isn't that interesting that we might surround ourselves with objects as a buffer as well. And then when they no longer need it, we can let them go. I know I've let go of a lot of things.
0: Yes. I think when and if we realize that these objects aren't us, they they don't define us, we can enjoy them, absolutely. But to attach our identity to them, is it's kind of a slippery slope because objects, uh, don't last forever, right? You know, you have that fancy sports car and <laughs> heaven forbid, you know, it gets totaled. So I think we go through a little bit of a, an identity crisis uh, when we start to realize that nothing outside of ourselves can really define who we are. That's perfect. perfect. And oh I my think God. that, yeah, I think when you said you know, when I first told you, oh, we're going to be talking about letting go, and your kind of your first reaction was, oh, that sounds scary. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is, that is scary to be faced with an identity crisis. But I would say the light at the end of the tunnel or the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is that we're actually, as we let go of these false identities and, and our attachments to these false identities, we're actually opening ourselves up to our true nature, uh, mm. which is so much bigger, I think, than we can even really fully comprehend. But it's almost as we let go of these false attachments, whether they be to physical objects. I mean, they could be to just identities that we've created for ourselves, like thinking that we're the we are our job, you know, we're the doctor, that's, that's our identity or, you know, whatever, you know, identities that, that we've built up for ourselves, like you said, over the, over the years and the, and the many different hats that we've worn and the roles that we've played. But as we are able to let go of them, I believe we actually start to expand because those mm-hmm. were somehow limiting our true nature, which I believe our true nature is, is at the heart of it can really not be defined. It is it is infinite and expansive. You know, I have a quote that I I think really ties into what we're talking about right now, and it's from one of our favorite books, Love Without End by Glenda Green. And it says, Your true wealth is on a much higher level. It is the harvest of love. You have to experience letting go in order to receive. Learn the power of letting go. This lesson is as important as loving your enemies. Because when you let go of structure, the real wealth that is there will multiply many times. Hmm. The first thing you will learn is that you simply can't let go of your true wealth. The only thing you can ever let go of is structure. Wow. And... (sighs) I think this is perfect because when we think of letting go as really being open to love and truth and wealth, I think it, it starts to perhaps take out a little bit of the fear <laughs> that, you know, without our false identities, will disappear. Because maybe that's at the heart of of the fear of letting go is that who am I without this job title or this role or this, you know, physical thing that, that I identify with, you know, I think there's almost that, that fear that we will, will no longer exist. (laughs) But yeah, but this quote is saying that you can't let go of your, your true wealth. You can never let go of that. And, and how I Mm -hmm. interpret that is is that love and truth, they're eternal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what came up for me, Cecilia, when you were saying that, that quote and some of the things you said before, was that these little facades, these identities that we built up, it it struck me that they're all based in who we really are. Our love is always going to be primary. It's eternal. And so... It's going to be like a little structure built on top of that, built as a little, maybe a protective wall around it. So as we, so it's going to be intertwined in whatever identity we have. And I think that's the beautiful part is that we, we let, we let go of the part that is the structured part of it, the, the, uh, the structure. And that's going to be like our identification with our job. We realize that we still love our job, but it's not It's not who we are, it's what we do. And so to be our authentic self in the performance of that job would probably just totally unleash so much hidden energy because we might have presented ourselves in a certain way in that job in order to conform to some expectations or in a relationship or in a friendship. And that as we release that persona that we built up that projects ourselves as somebody that's x y and z when really we are a b c d e f and g total absolute unconditional love in that relationship but we've structured our existence in that relationship or that job or with that friend to be something acceptable so as we release that that need to conform to that particular, you know, mindset, man, all the stuff that's been hidden or suppressed is released. And that may be the power that he's talking about, your true wealth, the the love, energy, identities, what he called authentic self that you are, can, is now allowed to be free. I can just imagine that confidence level would go up, your self-esteem would go up, your ability to relate and
0: re-interact
1: with your fellow employees or your spouse would just have to skyrocket. What I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, the way you're explaining it, we could substitute the word true wealth from that beautiful quote from Love Without End to your true nature. Hmm. So, so you're letting go of things to be able to express your true nature and perhaps your job is a beautiful container where you can express your true nature or perhaps the container is too small. Maybe there's too many limitations. You know, I guess I'll give an example from, from my life. When I was maybe 18 or 19, I remember sitting at a table with my sister my older sister, and I started talking about what I wanted to to be when I grew up. And we decided together at that very moment that I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher. We just both decided that that was such a great idea for me just because of my personality and my skills, my talents, everything. So from that moment on, I started working at a preschool to get experience. I started starting the process of going back to school. And I had took some time off because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I started the process of getting my credit so that I could transfer to a four-year, that I so I could get my teaching credential. And so this was what I wanted to do. But as I went through the process, I did end up going to a teaching credentialing program. And as I went through the process, I started to realize that this was no longer what I really wanted to do. It was really hard to let go of that. One of the things that has really helped me is to know that whether or not I was a kindergarten teacher or a teacher in, you know, a public school or a preschool, I was still a teacher deep down in my core. That's one of my gifts. And I've been told that by, by many people that I have the ability to really break things down in a simple way that people can grasp. And so I transferred my, my nature, which is I love to, to teach. I love to serve and and my gifts to other things. I ended up teaching people about eating healthy with my raw foods business. And now I'm teaching people about meditation. And so the truth of the matter is I was still me no matter what, whether I was teaching in a kindergarten or I was teaching in another context, I was still me. And the most important thing was to be able to experience my true nature and I think at Hmm. some point during the teaching credentialing process I realized that there was some restrictions to being a elementary school teacher that I just wasn't willing to compromise and so I wanted to be more free and so I took another path. Do you think that's a good example to kind of describe what we're talking about here?
1: I do. I think that letting go of a, of a life or a potentially life goal of being an elementary school teacher and being able to switch tracks basically. You're still on the same line, but you're going on a different track and to be nimble enough to not identify with the job, but with the feeling, with the, the knowledge that this is what I feel good doing is teaching now how to best express it. Selecting the job that best expresses that. That's, that's really a perfect way to explain it. When you realize that the road you're going down doesn't allow you to fully express your natural ability, then you switch tracks. I was uh, always known I wanted to be a healer and i got into paramedics and then i went into phase one medical research and then into the uh blood plasma business as a manager and through that time period i learned a lot about healing and about became a reiki master and so there's been a a desire to be a, a healer the whole time and it just took many many forms and lots of different experiences the first one being a paramedic i did identify as a paramedic that was who i was and when i ended up injuring my back after eight years i couldn't do it anymore and that was shattering so i had that experience of totally identifying with my job and as a paramedic and not being that anymore by force and you at least got to choose and i thought that was or You finally realized you had to choose. But from that point on, I've been much less likely to identify with the job. And especially after reading that book where you got that quote, Glenda Green's book, Love Without End, I've been able to not identify with, well, with much of anything outside of who I am. So that's been a real blessing, but it allows me to move from one situation to another without holding on to a uh, a dream that was forcing me to conform to something I didn't really want to be
0: I think sometimes yeah we're forced to, ch- to, to change gears but I think sometimes the getting sick is usually because we are not fully living in our authentic selves and Perhaps the part of ourselves that we're repressing is making us sick and actually getting sick is the catalyst to switch gears. So believe it or not, I see illness, not while I'm going through it, but when I'm over it as a gift because I think it really forces us to reprioritize, right? What really matters in our life and what's important. And it can be an, extremely life-changing and in the end very therapeutic thing although going through it is pretty rough <laughs> I'm not going to disagree <laughs> with that um, but uh, oh. something I wanted to say uh, before I forget and that is that you know I realized that at the heart of me wanting to be a teacher and at the heart of you wanting to be a healer I believe, is love. There's a love for wanting to serve. In this case, for me, it's teaching. In your case, it's healing, although I think teaching and healing sometimes overlap, right? And I was just thinking about how the core of that, our love, our passion for that, it never dies. It can never be... Mm. let go the the love it may change forms it may take on different forms like you said and you know what it made me think of and it's funny that i'm going to be sharing an experience from my life where i had to let go of of a physical object because it's funny chris and i i mean i don't know how you were before i met you chris but we're pretty like minimalistic people <laughs> right like <laughs> Yeah. I really like living, you know, with not a lot of clutter. You know, I was just telling my husband last night, I was like, you know, I never buy knickknacks. I just like everything kind of clean and clear. And I've never really had an issue with letting go of stuff. Like I'm constantly throwing stuff out and stuff. But I understand for some people it's very difficult. So I definitely have utmost compassion for that. And I can understand because of this, experience that i had where you know just a few years ago i made a move from northern california to southern california and that actually was a little bit of identity crisis from me because i identified with being you know a san francisco bay area north bay girl and here i was going to the other side you know being a (laughs) traitor going to southern california right but we won't talk about that, but I'll just right, say right. yes. It, it was a, it was an identity crisis for me. And there was a, a lot of letting go that, that had to be done. But anyways, in the process of moving, the movers actually lost a box of mine. And in this box was some of my most prized jewelry. I had made all my wedding jewelry. And it was in there and I lost most of it. Yeah. Um, my mom who passed away when I was a teenager, it was some of, some of her jewelry and some of her jewelry that she had gifted from me. It was very rare. It was from Spain that my grandmother had given my mom and my mom had given to me. And I used to wear these earrings when I danced flamenco and they just connected me to my Spanish grandmother. Um, it connected me to my mother. And it connected me to my Spanish roots when I danced flamenco. So, I mean, these earrings, they were really important to me. And they were, I mean, they were nice. They were pure gold. And so I was really sad, you know, and I i never remember being that sad over losing something like that because I'm constantly losing stuff, you know, I'm kind of scatterbrained that way. And, you know, I actually, I actually mourned it. What has really helped me, and I still think about the earrings once in a while, but What has helped me let go is knowing that these earrings represented the love that my mother had for me and I had for her, the love my grandmother had for me and my mother and the love we had for her. And I just realized that that's the core of it is love and nothing can take that away from me. I'm never going to lose that. I may lose the earrings, but I'll never lose that love and that's the the eternal constant that we're speaking about here. And I hope that that brings people some comfort as as it did for me. And, yeah. you know, while we're on the subject of mourning, I wanted to share another quote from Love Without End. And I think it's it's really important. It says, In letting go of that which cannot be retained, one heals. It is through releasing that one is blessed. Grieving is clinging to that which has been lost. Mourning is the act of letting go. No one feels blessed at the onset of grief. Never would I suggest such a thing. Yet in the releasing of grief through purging, relinquishing, and the flowing of tears, healing can occur at last.
1: It's beautiful. You know, uh, Cecilia, it really stimulates the thought about attachments. And I think they can be wonderful, wonderful things. You know, as long as we don't identify with them. But let's talk about attaching, because that's what we're letting go, right? We're letting go attachments to things or feelings or identities. And it makes me feel that we should attach... Fully to life, to our love and embrace what we have and then when we, when it no longer serves us or we no longer have love for, it, for a thing we hold on or keep around the things that we have love for but even if they are ripped away that we are able to release it with grace and the absolute joy that we had the experience with that thing or person for the time that we had so it's almost like fully attaching to life and then letting go of that moment each moment is does it become almost a moment by moment thing where you embrace life and then release the experience and then re-embrace and then release is that too complicated or is that kind of where we're going with this each moment is a, a a birth and a life and each moment is a death and a release
0: i like what you said about fully attaching i think i would use the word embrace for yeah. some reason that word resonates with me but fully embracing life fully embracing love fully embracing the present moment really being this just yeah. this, this active participant in life as it comes, moment by moment, because that's how life comes, doesn't it? We we like to think that it doesn't come that way, right? We like to think that, oh, the future is way out there and eventually we'll get there and the past is, you know, already behind us, but sometimes we wish we could revisit the past, and we do, (laughs) because we'd like to change things. I know I've done that many times, but but really, life is neither in the past or the future. It really is in the now, as we are experiencing it breath by breath. So what I really like about the quote that I read from Love Without End is it said, with the flowing of tears. Healing can occur at last, and I love that because it is giving us permission to let the tears flow, to, to feel, feel all the highs and the lows. And it is really through the, the feeling of them, of the expressing of them, that the healing can really occur. And I think that's important to give ourselves permission because I think a lot of times we don't give ourselves permission to let go. We don't give ourselves permission to feel. And in doing so, I think we are actually blocking ourselves not only from experiencing our authentic self and our true nature, but we're actually blocking ourselves from the present moment because if we're not allowing ourselves to feel, then how can we really feel and experience and embrace the present moment if we've, if we've kind of shut that part of us down or closed that part of us off? How can we simplify what, what we're trying to say here? The first thing I thought of when I asked the question, how do we simplify this? Basically, it's how I simplify everything. (laughs) So I just take a step back, and I just take a deep breath, and I just start paying attention to my breath. In this moment, I'll give myself an affirmation to say, whatever feels right in the moment. Since we're talking about letting go, I think the appropriate affirmation could be I simply give myself permission to let go.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: And I like that because I don't really have to know what I'm letting go, but I can just know that through focusing on my breath and through inhaling and exhaling, that whatever needs to be let go, wants to be let go, is ready to be let go, the key word being ready, will simply just flow out of me with every breath. So I think that's a real simple exercise that we can bring people back to if all of this us uh, talking about letting go just seems kind of abstract.
1: I did think of one one way to sort of really feel it from the heart is to, to breathe in the moment, and then on exhale you're releasing the moment. And totally without words, it's just seeing, uh, like I'm looking at a rather nice vista of trees and a couple of birds playing over there and just, just breathe it in and, and then that lets it go. And then the next moment I breathe it in and let it go. And that's, that's one way to, to do it also, to be in that flow without, uh, without even expressing words. But many times words are, are so, wonderful to make sure our mindset is correlated with our heart. And so we we say, you know, I am here now with our breath as we breathe in and let go of the moment. So I like that method as well.
0: You know, I think also life will kind of just lead us to where we need to let go. I think sometimes it'll just be staring us right in the face. You know, my example is my hall closet. Oh my gosh, every time I look in there, it's filled to the ceiling. And I and I'm like, I yeah, I think it's time to, to do some spring cleaning. You know, I I think we all have these hall closets in our lives, so to speak. Yeah, life is just constantly unfolding and we're either moving with it or or we are resisting it. Think through the process of living we will be made aware of where we're resisting it and in the areas of our life that are just flowing with ease. We will know where we are flowing with it and expressing our authentic nature. I
1: really love that, Cecilia. You put it just perfectly. I mean, the word I hear is just absolute curiosity, to be willing to look without any preconception or pre-knowledge or pre-living or uh, pre-judging the next moment and just see what's revealed, see what comes. I'm certainly not saying let go of the idea or your goal of being a teacher, but in the process of expressing that, just let life reveal itself to you. And I think that's a beautiful way to approach the moments as they pass by is is that absolute curiosity of what of not knowing and saying life reveal it to me show me what you got and just being having your heart open and willing to look without knowing that's just beautiful Cecilia thank you there's
0: this quote I I wanted to share and it's actually by someone I've, I've never heard before, but I, I'm really enjoying her quotes. It's C. Joy Bell C. And she says, We can't be afraid of change. You may feel very secure in the pond that you are in, but if you never venture out of it, you will never know that there is such a thing as an ocean, a sea. Oh. Holding on to something that is good for you now May be the very reason why you don't have something better. Yeah. I think that really sums it up, you know, cause I think we, we love our pond and we're comfortable in our pond and it's, it's been such a lovely pond for so many years, <laughs> but heart is saying, I want to go to, I want to go out to the sea. Yeah. You know, and I think we try to <laughs> say heart be quiet. I'm secure. I'm safe. <laughs> I'm comfortable here. This pond is great, but I think eventually when we do listen to the heart, okay, maybe a little scary, maybe a little uncomfortable at first, but to know that it's leading us to this beautiful, expansive place, something bigger and better than we could have ever imagined, this, this ocean of love and, and our true wealth and our, our authentic selves that's inspiring. That's uplifting for me. That that gives me a lot of hope when I think of letting go in that way as as leading me to to something more expansive. And I think that takes a little of the fear out of it. Because it if does we had a choice, do you want to live in your pond or do you want to live in the sea? I think most of us would choose the sea, right? But when we're in our pond, we don't C, the sea. <laughs> we don't S-E-E, the S-E-A. <laughs> uh, Letting go and and faith, of course, is that bridge.
1: I feel inspired too. And I see what, you know, what I was talking about in the beginning, that it can be a little daunting, a little frightening to leave your pond, that, that comfort zone. And because it's like the Indigo Girl song, the closer I am to find is one of the lines is, I sailed my ship of safety till I sank it. And it's like we, we have our little pond, our little ship of safety and, and we just do everything to defend it. But one day you sink it and, and you're free.
0: And you're ah. free. And ironically, I was so scared to move from Northern California to Southern California. <laughs> and what I really gained. <laughs> Is literally the sea because I live 10 minutes now from the ocean <laughs> and it's more beautiful and amazing than I ever could have imagined. And I'm so grateful that, you know, I took uh, that leap of faith and,
1: uh. That's 10 minutes walking though, right? Not driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 10
0: minutes walking. I think it's like yeah. just a few minutes driving. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think it's actually 5 minutes walking. I mean, we've walked that walk before. And, yeah, it wasn't very far. <laughs>
0: Maybe it's 5 minutes, you're right, but I Maybe. like to savor the view, you know. I like
1: Oh, yeah. To
0: take it all in. <laughs>
1: the, the rose garden. Definitely. Be be in
0: yeah. the moment. <laughs> I think we've covered a lot. So I feel good about ending it here. What about you?
1: Me too. I feel good about ending it here, especially with that, you know, just amazingly inspiring, you know, uh, statement. Hey, let's go explore outside our little comfort zone. And I like that. It takes some faith to know that there's something out there. There's more than what we have experienced up to this point. I'm excited. Thanks so much for inviting me along, Cecilia. It's a great ride.
0: You're welcome, Chris. It's always a pleasure talking to you. I just want to thank all our listeners if if you've stayed with us this long. (laughs) Thank you so much. For more information about the meditation that I teach and also my intuitive healing sessions, you can go to circleforselfhealing.com. Have a beautiful day. And here's to... Embracing life and embracing your authentic self and just giving yourself permission to let go. Bye for now.